Hey guys, and welcome back to Further Explanation, the Taylor Swift podcast. The one. The one. <laughs> and only. Exactly. There may be no further explanation by Taylor, but there will be from us. My name is Callie. And I'm Kaya. And we are the Swifty Sisters. Today we are kicking right. off. <laughs> Today we are kicking off our first like official going back to the 1989 era episode. We are rewatching the 1989 era music videos. We're going to talk about the visuals that Taylor chose, the visual cohesion of all of the music videos. She really took that sonic cohesiveness God. to every little nook and cranny of this if I ever era. hear that phrase again, maybe <laughs> too soon. <laughs> well, you know, you know, we're gonna have to talk about it when we do our album breakdown. I know. Visual cohesion, sonic cohesion, thematic cohesion. <laughs> but these music videos are iconic. They're legendary. It's one of her best eras for music videos, in my opinion. I think in most people's opinions. Mm-hmm. These really changed the game. If you were here for our Speak Now era episodes, then you will know that we shared our Speak Now era playlist with you guys. And I'm excited to announce that I have finished the 1989 era playlist. I will put a link in the show notes of all of the- I also love that I did the Speak Now era playlist and you're doing the 1989 era playlist. Because guys, I don't know if we've talked about this, but we have to address it. I think, I'm sure we have talked about it, but I'm the, I'm the current age Taylor was when she did Speak Now. And Callie is the current age Taylor was when she did 1989. And we are both living through the eras back to back that we're in the age of. Like, and the fact that we're in, it's the same year too, that we're both the same age of speaking out. It's just, it's crazy. So we're really sinking into this. <laughs> yeah. I think it's funny because when I was making the playlist and I took it very seriously, I was like, we're going to put the pop music in here. We're going to get the indie music. Like it's, it's going to be everything that formed the cultural landscape of this time. Like it's all going to be in there. It was trippy for me because it was like, I feel like this time that this album was coming out was like my brain was fully formed enough for me to be more aware than I had ever been in my life. Like 14, well, 15 older years than old. You ever had been, yeah. <laughs> you had been a child ever before that. But like, <laughs> I don't know. It was interesting. So I will put a link to that in the show notes and it'll be in the show notes for all of the forthcoming 1989 episodes of the podcast. So if mm-hmm. you ever need to find it, that's where it will be. Um, We just need to say a quick thank you to everyone who has been listening to the podcast, who has subscribed, who has left us a review. Like you guys are really blowing me away. When I go look at the the numbers for the podcast, it like, I don't even know what to say. I don't know what to do with myself. I feel like Taylor, when the crowd's like screaming and she's just like, what do I do? That's how I feel (laughs) right now. Cause it's, I don't know. Thank you for being here. This podcast is so fun for us to record and to share with you all. So just thanks. That's really cool. Uh, Spotify listeners, you can tap the plus sign to add this episode to your saved episodes if you can't listen right away. And if you are not already subscribed to the podcast, go ahead and subscribe. And we might have, I said this in our Speak Now music video episode, but there's most definitely going to be an addition to the 1989 music video collection here soon. This era of music videos was so, it was just like a little time capsule. I don't know. They all just really fit together very well. And so I'm a little nervous, excited, confused by what she might (laughs) add to it. (laughs) 
and yeah. who she's going to use to direct the video too. Is she going to direct it or is she going to use somebody else? Like, I don't know. But I like that we're starting the 1989 era with the music videos because we're going in the order that these videos were released and it feels fitting to talk about Shake It Off first. Yes, it really kicked off the whole era. Literally. <laughs> Do you remember Taylor's like Yahoo live stream when she announced the album and the yeah. single? I remember coming home from school. I had my mom take us like she was like, oh, we got to go to Kroger and pick up groceries. I was like, mom, you don't understand. Taylor Swift is about to announce something. So I got like that little like Kroger sushi. And I remember eating sushi and then watching the live stream. And then you came home later from like soccer practice or something. Basketball and I played you shake it off. And you're like, yeah, you're joking. I didn't believe you. I literally thought that that wasn't Taylor because her voice sounded so high pitched and like squeaky. I was like, what is this? <laughs> I remember you specifically saying like, that's Avril Lavigne. That's not Taylor. Avril Lavigne. Avril Lavigne in 2014. <laughs> in the bridge, I can I can see that when she's like, "My ex man." Like hi, that. hi, hi. <laughs> yeah, that does sound a little like. I like to rock out. <laughs> I'm a rock chick. <laughs> That's hilarious. So we have some questions that we're gonna kind of pose here at the beginning before we go into these music videos that we're gonna kind of try to answer ourselves and that you can think about as we are watching these videos and talking about them. Uh, first question, how were these videos different from the visual identity Taylor had cultivated thus far? Any initial thoughts on that, Kaya? Well, this is her first pop era, so that's the main difference. There's a difference between a country video and a pop video. She's always been pop-oriented, but it just opened her up. She could literally do anything. And Shake It Off was basically the laying the foundation for that, especially because it showcased like all these different genres and she didn't look, there was no country anywhere in sight, <laughs> you know? Hmm. Hmm. That's, yeah, that's interesting. It's that totally never... different than anything we've really seen before from her. And she was experimenting with that a lot in Red too. But like, this was like wiping the slate clean. And it's funny because this video is like a white, just like open space. It's literally like a, What's it called? A void. <laughs> you know, it's literally wiping the slate clean. That's interesting. Which kind of le perfectly leads into this next question. What themes do we see in Taylor's pop visuals from red pop videos to 1989? Also, I'm having a It feels like um, she's like kind of calling back to like this video kind of feels like it could have come out in like the early 2000s, you know, because there was lots of like like iconography, like the cheerleaders and everything. And like there was humor to it. And like that could be like the Hollaback Girl music video. Like, you know what I mean? And so she was trying to like tap into a timeless thing that like resonated with a lot of people also. Sorry. That no, no, that's perfect because you are leading into the third question. Mm -hmm. Have these visuals contributed to Taylor's legacy? Which we will answer that as we go. That's one <laughs> yeah, that we, yeah. you know. And then lastly, just something to consider. She started directing music videos during Speak Now. Did she take a step forward or kind of halt that progress in directing her videos for this era? So let's go back to those questions at the end, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I just wanted to kind of share them now at the beginning so you guys can have that in your brain and we can be thinking about that too. She really was like placing herself out of her little context bubble and into the bigger world. And that's really what this whole era was about. She's like, I'm, I'm look, this is kind of giving like, I just watched all that jazz with mom and this, the ballet with the bar. It's kind of, it's like classic, like theater dance type movies, you know? Mm -hmm. All right. So this is the Shake It Off music video by Taylor Swift. And we're going to play it 
Um, if you're not driving, feel free to play it along with us and watch these, but um, we'll talk about them enough to where you don't have to be watching them for yourself. So this is Shake It Off. First of all, just need to say, I loved her hair pulled back here. Yeah, it was so refreshing. <laughs> it's almost like like this is the most simple and simple and easily digestible pop music you could be doing, but she's like, I'm an artist at the end of the day. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I could be a ballerina. I could, I could, you know. And the, but it's also like I'm awkward. That's those are the two <laughs> themes that I'm getting from this video. I'm relatable. I'm awkward, but like I'm doing it. I'm doing the damn thing. <laughs> The, the color palette of this video was always really interesting to me. It's very, very, very visually pleasing. Sleek. It's very sleek and modern looking. Something that I wanted to call out is that Taylor said that the... Oh, sorry. I, I needed to say this before we started. The director of this video was <laughs> uh, Mark Romanek. And Taylor said that the reason she reached out to Mark to direct the video was because in doing research on her favorite music videos from the 80s, I'm assuming, uh, mm -hmm. she felt like the thing they hadn't done yet was they hadn't made something minimal and visually striking. Mm -hmm. Her concept for this was, I said, what if I was with these ballerinas, but I'm just a terrible ballerina. So I just decide to let it go and not try to be like them anymore and just be like me. And what if in the end, dancing like me is good enough and it actually looks cool having been uncool for the entire video. <laughs> and then she said, you know, you have these very iconic looking videos where you can just picture one setup and it sticks out in your mind. Almost all mm -hmm. of my favorite videos like that were mostly all directed by Mark. And when she said she wanted to, we hadn't done anything that's minimalistic and visually striking. She was trying to step out of her, the box. She was trying to step out of the box that she felt she had been put in, in the country box and the teenage girl box. And the, you know, a lot of her early 2000s videos have a very early 2000s look. And the graphics were very, of the time, they were already aging at this point. So she was trying to do something that was timeless and universal. And there's, uh, and it's so funny because there's something about this that didn't age well either. It's like, it's very like, millennial you know and like that's who she is like <laughs> but it's so funny that like you can never be timeless like people try so hard to not they don't want to be left behind they don't want to look back and be embarrassed but like you're always going to be changing so you're always going to be looking back and looking back on it and being a little embarrassed <laughs> this is very 2014 <laughs> the twerking mm -hmm. well you got to remember too is at the time, and you and I were talking about this on the phone the other day, at the time, the most, one of the things that she was critiqued for the most heavily was just her bad dancing. And it's kind of yeah. hilarious that people even gave a shit about that. <laughs> so this video wasn't She's still even, being critiqued for that. <laughs> but this video wasn't made in a vacuum. Like this, this video was, yes, it was like a celebration of her individuality and it was meant to be all these things that we've said, it was supposed to be visually striking. It was, it was wanted to cement herself as a pop artist that could make a video that wasn't just following a narrative storyline, but it was just... Yeah, ideas. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Even within all of that, she was trying to get in on the joke and rise above it, in a sense, with the song and the video. I think the song did a better job at accomplishing that. Yeah. I, I need to admit something. I have never been a fan of the end of this video where all of the fans are dancing. It, I don't know what it is, but to me, it feels like out of place in the rest of the video. It just feels a little too heavy handed, I think. Yeah, yeah. Like I think if it had just been her with her band at the end, mm. or I don't know, maybe if they just weren't all in a line. <laughs> like it just looks it very weird. Looking. It just looks odd. 
this final bow with her in the ballerina costume where she nods her head. Oh, that's just iconic. Yeah, that's good. There's a lot to say. <laughs> but I think the that's very of its time. And like the whole twerking thing, it's like, that was another thing. Like Miley was becoming like known for twerking in this time too. And she was still trying to other herself from a certain type of girl. And that was a very big part of this too. Yeah, it makes me think of... Um, you guys, if you listen to our Speak Now era episodes, then you know that when Taylor announces a re-recording, Kai and I go back and we watch all of the videos from that era on YouTube. And so I've been watching the 1989 era playlist on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Not music videos, like literally anything that ever was released during this time. Yeah. And 1989 <laughs> is fun because there was so much. So like, yeah. But um, it was at the 20... 20- 14 VMAs where she wore that god awful pantless blue long sleeve with the letters. You know, the one that was like upper crotch oh, the whole yeah, night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. God, I hate that thing. But she was doing, <laughs> she was walking the red carpet and she was doing this interview. And uh, this girl was like, she was interviewing Taylor and she goes, Oh, Taylor, you look so good tonight. You got your booty cheeks are kind of showing in the back here. And Taylor Ooh. was like, and Taylor was like, no, they're not. No, they're not. And like, they were, but that's fine. But she was like, no, they're not. And then she goes, it's the VMAs, you know, like you got to take risks or whatever. And it's just- <laughs> Oh my God. That's so not her either. It's like, she wanted to be both. She wanted to be like this huge pop artist that like everyone was talking about, but she also wanted to be the girl next door who was different and not She also like- wanted to be the good girl that wasn't yeah. sexual uh, yeah. with her music and which- yeah. I don't know. It's hard to have this conversation because I don't want to place, like, I don't want to condemn her for that because I I was literally the exact same way at that time. Like, granted, she was in, tw- in her 20s and I was like 15, yeah. but, but I was influenced by her. And so part of me being that way was because I had a parent who exactly, was that way. Exactly. And then I had a parent who really liked well, that I liked yeah. Taylor because Taylor was also that way. You have to address that she's her brand of womanhood is, I mean, she's white. So her entire experience is based on that too. It's like inextricably linked. And so like the cultural insensitivity and then like her whole brand is being like this innocent, innocent girl, which it's kind of like she benefited from that. And I don't think she was aware of it, but like she could have, she should have been at that age, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you, you're you're in the music industry. You, you need to you need to like, you know, learn about this stuff. <laughs> but she was just in her own world and her whole world is being successful, maximizing popularity and like it's very interesting. And that and Shake It Off video is a very like it makes it glaringly obvious, you know. And I think too uh there was some kind of switch in her brain when she decided to go pop and we kind of see the progression of it from the beginning of 1989 era to really right up until the reputation era started. This was like her peak of all of the opinions and the things that she cared about were only important if they affected her. She's still this way to this day, but it she was so much more blatant and unaware that she was that way at this time that it really could just rub you the wrong way. Yeah. Like I can think of so many examples during the 1989 era where she just <laughs> put her foot in her mouth and said shit that she shouldn't have said. It's like you don't need to She was talk about that. She was getting this sense of confidence too, which is good, but it's like she hadn't unlearned all of the all of her bad ideas and like all of her She hadn't unlearned all the stuff and she she was like becoming really forthright about things and she she was feeling vindicated. Like she 
because she had been wronged in the industry and all that like and she she loves revenge she she likes to really like ruminate and sit in her hurt when she feels like she's been wronged and all of that stuff i mean it all goes together and it's not it's not good it's not a good thing (laughs) and i think especially at this time if you consider all of that with the fact that she had been this kind of underdog for a really long time. And this is, let me just, sorry, let me just say, this is what we mean when we're like, something shifted when she lost the Red Grammy and sent her down a path. Because she had this stuff in her and it was building, but she could have ended up normal. But she didn't. (laughs) (laughs) She went down a very insane path. And like this, the 1989 era is the first time you see like, Oh, she's, she's like, she's gone. Like, she's so far gone. Yeah, you see how that (laughs) impacted her. But Mm -hmm. kind of to your point of what you were just saying, she had this underdog mentality, this like, I've been wronged, I have to fight harder than everybody else to get the recognition that I deserve, which like, to some degree, that was true at the beginning of her career. But coming off of Red- Because she was a young girl. Yeah, but coming off of Red, that was not quite true anymore for her. And I get still having those feelings of insecurity or feeling like, I get Mm -hmm. that. She still had that. And yet during this time, she garnered so much power as a successful pop artist, as a successful white pop artist. Mm -hmm. And she just didn't have the awareness of that. No. But then she had all those feelings of like self-righteousness that were kind of fueling her decisions and driving her. But it was like, but you've got all this power. And she was using that power, but kind of like not aware of the fact that she had it. Very surface level. Yeah, it was a it was a bad combination. <laughs> mm-hmm. And we of all people know like the shit that she dealt with, but most women in the industry dealt with it too in different ways. Like Lady Gaga had the same shit dealt with her at this time period. You know, they did all kinds of more of like on the homophobic range of things <laughs> and like that type of stuff. Yeah, I feel she like was even on the Beyonce other end of the spectrum with Taylor. Even well, if you yeah. look at Beyonce, yeah. has always been questioned. For her vocal mm-hmm. ability. Which is insane. And saying that she's underrated is just, it's it's, it's so it's so obvious what, what you're doing when you say Beyonce is under, or not underrated, sorry, overrated. <laughs> that's, that's what everyone says about her unless they're a fan of her. And that's their criticism of her, is that she's overrated. No, she's just that good and she's just that powerful. Yeah, but that's Taylor's problem is she thinks that that stuff is reserved for her. Because she's exactly. so, she's so in her own feelings and in her own narrative, she's obsessed with her own story. And that's just, I think that's the, goes back to that problem that she kind of discussed in Miss Americana of like, you're frozen at the time you get famous. She was stunted. She was very stunted at this time. And it was very obvious in the way she treated people and the way she acted and presented herself in public and in private. And that's part of the the way I say like, she's so insane. Cause like Mad Woman is such a good, it's her best attempt at like, like changing the way that she's wielded her femininity, you know, mm-hmm. because I'm okay with like, yeah, being a woman can literally like make you feel like you're insane. And it's insane what we have to deal with all women. It became, too, it was too individual for her. It was about her. It wasn't about women. It never was. She always made it about her. And that was a good shift. But the reason young girls connected with her so much is because she, you know, she spoke for us, all different types of young girls. And when she gets too, way too lost into the, her personal like arc in it, it loses its appeal because it's like, why are you so obsessed with yourself? 
<laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. It's like you're so out of touch. And she is very out of touch. And that's something she's always needed help with since like 1989 era is like bring someone to bring her town back into reality a little bit because she just got too, way too caught up in it. And I mean, she was learning about feminism from Lena Dunham. <laughs> It's crazy. So who's surprised? We really got to get back on topic. As <laughs> well, that was a good. That was good. I mean, that was. But this. That's what this yeah, video. Made I me just think. wanted to remind you because I felt like if we kept going, we would get just I know, so I know. far. Yeah, and we can talk about. Well, I'm sure we'll find another time to like dive deep into that. Stuff, I mean, the but... bad blood video. Oh, I guess we're gonna keep it up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this era is the pinnacle of all the stuff about her, like. A lot of people didn't like her during this era. I mean, her downfall was interesting. It's very fascinating. And, like, I don't blame her for being so obsessed with her own story because we're so obsessed with it, too. Yeah. (laughs) It is very – it's culturally fascinating. As pop culture fans, like, it's it's fun to analyze. It's fun to analyze in a societal context. All this stuff is fun. The Shake It Off video, that's – that's why a lot of people – it rubs people the wrong way for these reasons that we just laid out. (laughs) That's a perfect transition to this quote that I pulled from her talking about the Shake It Off video. She said, one thing I've learned through this whole process is you can get everything you want in life without ever feeling like you fit in. I don't think it's the most important thing in life to fit in. I think it's the most important thing in life to dance to the beat of your own drum and look like you're having more fun than the people who look like they fit in. Her word choice there was always very interesting to me (laughs) because she said, look like you're having more fun than the people who look... (laughs) like they fit in yeah because she still cares about it whether she was aware of that word choice or not there's Mm -hmm. a priority on the appearance not the inward experience Mm -hmm. Uh, it's so fascinating because she was so obsessed with fitting in at this time too like that's what she was motivated by was being accepted and being popular and being liked and being the best yeah so but she was giving this message of like you don't have to blah 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 it's because she already did and another behind the scenes, she was talking about the end scene dancing with all the fans. And she said, and then finally, I find the people I fit in with, which is you guys. And I really love that sentiment of the people who love her music and who have supported her career. And I love that. And that was such a special part of our relationship with her at that time, because it did feel so genuine and so sincere. Yeah. But, but just visually in the video, I didn't like how we that was. We were taking the hits for her. <laughs> On the home front at school. We were in the trenches. (laughs) We were the ones failing it. (laughs) But I I love that idea of having fans and the people that she fits in with being the people that love her music. I love that idea. I just didn't like how it was done visually in the video. Just everybody standing in a line like that and her just kind of like (laughs) dancing left to right down the line of fans. Like, I don't know. That just didn't look good to me. She was trying to make it look minimalistic, though, but yeah. I think what I would have done instead is would have, I would have just had them in a group. Maybe she just wanted everybody to be to be seen, and that's why they were in a line. But it's like, you can't really see everybody anyway, because there's so many people. <laughs> I don't know. I think I would have just preferred if they had just been, like, huddled together dancing. It, I, think, I think it would have felt more natural, too. I think my main problem with that is that it just feels like... She's trying to put herself in a group, like like normal people, (laughs) normal people, awkward people, like, you know, the uncool people. She's not cool and she's she's self-aware about that, but she's not in the uncool in the, you know, the loser category (laughs) that she's trying to be like, hey, guys, I'm one of you. I'm a loser just like you guys. (laughs) It's like that is such a good point, Kai, because that's something that I feel like I've tried to articulate to you 
when I've been rewatching these 1989 era just videos on YouTube, I remember at the time there was something about her that just rubbed me the wrong way. Like aside from everything we've already talked about, aside from that stuff, but just like when yeah, she no. would just be herself, it felt weird to me because it was like there she was, was this... so out of her body. She... <laughs> so it, out of her mind. It was like she was playing herself rather than being herself. Yeah. It became so about the brand of who Taylor Swift is at this time. And it's like, how do you exist as a human being when you're just trying to sell a brand? <laughs> but okay, a great example. The mean music video, similar themes. Mm. way better like the message is not as ugh, <laughs> you know like because because she's she was saying all these people get support for my music and that's what i'm here to do for them in this video she's kind of saying like i'm just like you you know i'm hashtag relatable she's saying <laughs> i'm just like you but i'm the pop star don't you forget it because that's the whole era is I'm the pop star. Don't you forget it. That's yeah. fine. But she's trying to be two things at once. She's trying to play both sides sort of. And so it just throughout the era, it just, I don't know. She wants all the power, all the glory without any of the, con any of the criticism, any of the consequences. <laughs> yeah. It's like, if you want to be up there on the top of that mountain, you better have your backpack with you. You better have your breathing support. <laughs> like don't try and <laughs> bring water. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> Be prepared for life at the top. And people to shoot, try to be shooting you down because you're at the top. Yeah, because That's all of us down do. here in the little village at the bottom of the mountain, we're just chilling, commune yeah. living. Like, <laughs> I don't Trying know. Our best. I don't know what this metaphor is. Let's move on. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Anyway, okay. So, Blank Space. The Blank Space video. <laughs> this was the beginning of the Joseph Kahn yeah, cinematic universe. And to she go from shake it off to blank space is so fascinating because she's literally like, guys, I'm so relatable. Ha ha ha. And now she's like, I am someone you would never want to meet. I am the most insane. <laughs> it's so hilarious because this just shows the identity crisis she was going through at this time. Because like, yes, it's irony, but she was having a little too much fun. <laughs> And it's like, are you a person who's true and real to how you really are? Or are you playing a character? I think she got a little lost in the sauce. <laughs> and I'm not, I'm not hating on this video because I love this concept. I love when, I love when pop is camp. I love when you lean into all that pop should be and you lean into the theatricality. I love this. I truly love this. This was, like we said, directed by Joseph Kahn. In the behind the scenes, Taylor said that she sent Joseph Kahn reference photos of mansions and people in love in mansions, <laughs> and then photos of crazy, psychotic girlfriends crying <laughs> mascara. Where did she get these photos? <laughs> Her camera roll. <laughs> uh, just some selfies she took. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and the crazy woman too. This is one of the videos where she plays on the crazy woman, and I love that. Mm -hmm. I, love I actually, that I was watching the 1989 era playlist, and I she was on GMA after this video came out, and someone was like, "This video reminded me of Gone Girl, like a little bit. Like I got that vibe." And she was like, "Oh, really? Thank you." <laughs> oh God, that's awesome. Okay, scary. <laughs> She's so similar to Amy Dunn. Anyway, um, mascara okay. and tantrums. <laughs> and walked him through what I thought would be a cool idea. And his ideas that he came up with just amped it up even more. And what we ended up with is this video about this girl who basically gives you the best first part of a relationship. 
And then all of a sudden you realize there's just one problem. She's absolutely psychotic. <laughs> and it's funny because it's like, that's a little misogynistic. Because <laughs> like, the- <laughs> but it always irks me because it's like, do you think that this is normal? Do you think that this happens? Like, do you think women are just like, like, this is what men do, actually. <laughs> we don't talk about that enough, that she's actually doing what men really do. And that's what's so funny, that, like, what women are hated on for. It's just projection by men most of the time. Men are the ones who are crazy. Men are the ones who do insane stuff and get away with it. That's why I like this video, because it's kind of flipping it on its head. It's also, like, owning all the stuff that people say about women. But she kind of was, like... Because back then she wasn't very feminist. <laughs> she was like feminist light feminism. White feminist. And hardly even that, let's be honest. <laughs> so she had to put it with this thing. It's like, oh yeah, women are women be crazy. <laughs> That's what this video is about. <laughs> but deep down she loved it. Deep down she was crazy and she knew it. <laughs> I think I summed it up pretty well. <laughs> and on that note, let's start the video. She's so complex. Uh, okay, blank space video. Here we go. It's so visually pleasing too. Mm-hmm. And the color palette of this. Palette. Nude, nude. Once again, nudes and creams. No, I wrote this down, Kai, in the notes. This <laughs> video is the color palette of 1989. Yep. Also, yep. I wanted to say the dark you... purple lipstick is red. No, it's like a it's like a wine. It's like a cranberry. Yeah, but that's red. That's not purple. No, it's dark purple because there's purple in the album cover. It's a cool tone. It's cool toned with little blues and little purples. Look, just look at the colors of these this, these shots. You know, there's blues and purples everywhere and nudes. That is the 1989 era because it's the exact color palette of a Polaroid. Hello. <laughs> Did you get that, everybody? <laughs> Did you get that? <laughs> it's not blue, seagulls, and oceans. <laughs> Is there a single ocean in any of these videos? Yes, yeah, style has it. Yeah. Yes, and out of the woods. But it's it's both. You need both, okay? And the visual representation, especially in the leading up to the album era, presenting the album to people was this. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, something I wanted to call out, though. The first time you see Taylor in this video, like typically a music video starts and you immediately will see Taylor because she's the, you know, the narrator of the video. In this video, the first person you see is actually this guy pulling up to her mansion. Mm-hmm. And then the first time you see her, she's sitting on a bed in this black lacy lingerie. And so you're, you're like, okay, I see Taylor, but this doesn't look like Taylor Swift. Yeah. You know, with the setup of she's got like these fucking white horses in her bedroom. You know that you're seeing someone else. Like this isn't Taylor Swift playing Taylor Swift in the video. She's playing. But is it? <laughs> Uh, I had the biggest crush on Sean O'Pry when this video came out. The boys of 1989, everyone loved. Everyone loves the boys of 1989. (laughs) I almost said something really, really dirty. (laughs) Like, really explicit. (laughs) So glad I didn't say that out loud. I wouldn't even want that recorded. (laughs) All of the fashion in this video, too. Like, that sparkly, long old dress. I'm you know rich what? and you know it. <laughs> Where she's when she's doing this painting right here, that she looks scary there. Yeah, she looks scary in a lot of this. It's not even the time she's trying to be scary. <laughs> Just the makeup that they did on her, they really Yeah. They did a good job with this. The black, the cloudy skies too, I love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the overcast, the dark hues to this. It's like you can tell there's like a storm coming almost. Is how it feels. Yep. Oh, this the hallway of all of her ex-boyfriends iconic Mm -hmm. that's just so iconic 
Let's talk about this setup here where she's like, where they're laying down having mm-hmm. a picnic this or something. This is very 2014. The little pastel colors, the little sunglasses. Do you like this shot? Do you like that setup? Yes, I do. I didn't like it back then for some reason. I love that she's like laying on his leg and just like seeing while he's on his phone. Like that's such a great setup. Mm-hmm. I love how she's laying there just chilling and relaxing. So you see her like in that pastel shot and you think, oh, things are fine. And then it cuts to this shot of her at the top of this mansion on the balcony, just looking down at him with a storm brewing above her. That's in the the shot from behind her going, oh my God, that's amazing. And this too, the little time, how many times, this reminds me, it's one of her little Taylorisms. It reminds me of when she's in the story of us video and she's like putting her hair behind her shoulder a bunch or behind her ear a bunch of times. Like it's one of her little funny movements that always stuck out in my brain. And this is so good. They both were acting their asses off in this scene, the fighting scene. I have a question. Why was there, why was there a deer? Just what was that? I have never I mean, understood. I think that is a product of 2014. Everyone is obsessed with forest animals and weird things like that. Huh? 2012. It, this was, it was still that time period. Huh. Like Macklemore. <laughs> what is it? What is the other, the other, all these like weird indie artists, their visuals were very like purposefully weird. Had Royals you know? come out yet at that time? Cause she had. Yeah. It was, it was a year mm. after Royals. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Okay, that makes sense. This shot of her where she says they'll tell you I'm insane. One of the most important shots in her entire career. <laughs> Something about the look on her face here when she says I'm insane. She just, she plays crazy so well there. Well. What's what's the apple meant to represent here? The apple is like voodoo for his head. <laughs> but she bites into it and he spits an apple out. I don't get that. Yeah, yeah, because she poisoned him basically. It's not very, it's not supposed to be obvious. Like, it's kind of more of just for the visuals. And this is like the most sexual she's ever been is whenever she bites his lip in this scene. I rewatched that part of the video so many times. That was insane. And then standing on a horse completely upright. (laughs) What? Oh, wow. Yeah, it's so good. I've watched this music video so many times, especially because of that stupid american express thing (laughs) yeah so let's talk about that the amx 360 behind the scenes interactive version of the video was really the beginning of easter eggs in her video do you remember that in the way that we have them now you could download the app and then you could walk through the video and there would be like a picture of meredith or it was literally like 360 like you could look around the the video video. for and she just wanted people to be watching the video over and over looking for stuff it was it was very Mm -hmm. very smart but it very evil (laughs) It was very true to her character in this music video, actually. <laughs> it was really smart. It was very clever, but... I liked it because I was... It was like the time period of like weird little apps and things. I feel like I downloaded a new app every month. It's <laughs> like, ooh, new app. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It was it was just the app for this video. Like that was all you could yeah. do in the app. It was it's insane. made for this video. App. For a music video. <laughs> and you're just, the whole point of it was like, walk through the video, a, a version of the video with me and look for clues. Like, mm-hmm. that's the point of it. She was, mm-hmm. she and I was did it training us. Time. <laughs> She's awful. I was literally 11 years old, Kelly. Wow. <laughs> that is like child abuse. <laughs> no, what like it is, is it's child labor. It is. She was it, making it, you it work. It really is. This video feels very different from Shake It Off. Would you agree with that? It's still very sleek, min- modern, and like, she's still like, I'm the it girl. It was very, but this one kind of similar to her previous videos followed a storyline. It followed 
a character through uh, an arc. Yeah. The, the playing crazy was really interesting. It's, it's funny. So many people just didn't get it at the time. Like they saw this and they were like, she's no. crazy. <laughs> Imagine watching this video and being like, oh my God, she's crazy. <laughs> like, oh, that's really what people got from this. They were like, mm -hmm. guys, I told you she was crazy. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Sorry. I mean to clap again. <laughs> People were so behind. She was very much ahead of people. Like the masses, all they all they knew was women crazy. <laughs> <laughs> women equals crazy. And she played into that with this video. And like it's 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 literally one of those like you're not gonna get it the first time. Like <laughs> if you're smart, you will. If you have any ability to think critically analyze literature and media. And if you've ever met a woman, <laughs> you know, like you'll understand. But most people were just like, I can't believe she just let her crazy slip like this. <laughs> I can't believe it. She really showed her true self. <laughs> and like, all honestly, if you're so far ahead of the curve, you could think that way again and be right again. <laughs> it's, it's very, it's like, a, it's like a spectrum. It's a horseshoe phenomenon. <laughs> Because if you're really smart, you'll know she really is crazy. And if you're so ahead of the bad, curve that the curve good. became a sphere. The curve became a sphere. Exactly. Exactly. And I was saying that the whole time. <laughs> but also, I feel like I should say, this song, I have a very distinct period of this song before the video. I mean, before it was a single and after. I remember hearing this song for the first time and be like, oh, this is interesting. This is cool. And like getting, I remember like getting my first initial impression of this song. And then it just became something totally unrecognizable almost because it was just so overplayed it was like the definition of an overplayed radio hit which is very very interesting to think about the pre like legacy of 1989 when it was still like new and you were still getting it in your brain that was kind of you know we'll talk about this i'm sure through all these 1989 episodes but it's like that was a problem that kaya and i both had with this album and the songs on this album it was so much bigger than just like a taylor swift album like the normal experience that we had with yeah. it and it was like Blank Space no longer was a little fun song about, yeah, leaning into these. Yeah, it wasn't just a song anymore. It just wasn't a song anymore. <laughs> and it was like, I couldn't even grasp it. I think the hardest part of the Blank Space single experience, that time period, was when she would perform it live at an award show, any award show. It was all bad. Aside from the video, people would then see her perform it and be like, she is crazy, see? And it was, <laughs> and also I think this is just something you have to know about Taylor, especially back then. She gets very nervous with live televised performances. Like she gets very in her she head. Balls to the wall in this era. I have to give her props. But it's like, I don't remember what award show it was. I want to say it was the AMAs, but it was when she had that mm -hmm. gold thing on and mm -hmm. she kind of like recreated the video on yeah, stage the flames and the picture frames and stuff she was crazy to for that performance but for different reasons to me because it wasn't like oh she's crazy because she looks like a crazy ex-girlfriend it was she's trying so hard to play this character that yeah, i'm actually concerned was. for her psyche like it it was yeah it was weird to watch it it was it was unsettling yeah yeah but yeah that performance well i was like oh <laughs> I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I respect it 
because this whole era, like the Shake It All performances too, but like it, it just came across very weird. But I respect her publicly embarrassing herself. That's what I respect about it. Because <laughs> like when she was like, she cut off the Shake It All performance to like, oh, I'm not gonna, no, no, I'm not doing that. I'm not jumping <laughs> off this. <laughs> what she did? This era was just weird. And people who were not there. They glamorized this whole era. They're like, 1999 era, she was untouchable. She was just on top of the world. She was the coolest girl in the world. And no, no, no. <laughs> it was like the theater kid was trying to be prom queen. And it was just, anytime she had a live performance, it was just like, I would hold my breath and just hope for the best. It, it was nerve-wracking. We're getting so into other stuff. Are we going to talk about the stuff, like, in other episodes? Because I do need to do more, like, deep dives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we do our album breakdown. We'll talk about the era and everything. But let's let's look at the questions we posed at the beginning. See if we can answer any of these. Um, how are these videos different from the visual identity Taylor had cultivated thus far? I feel like for Blank Space... Satire. In particular, it was that satirical poking fun at herself. And like you said, she did that a little bit with Mean... But it was like a whole other level. It was not Taylor Swift poking fun. It was Taylor Swift playing the character that she's been seen as. And it's like, she just had too much of an awareness of what people thought about her and what people said. She cared too much. I remember during the, like, sorry, guys, so off topic. If if you want to skip ahead a little bit and not listen to this, feel free. But if you're listening to this, you probably are just like us. So. Yeah, you probably do care. <laughs> During the Red album announcement, I remember someone was like, what's the craziest rumor that you've heard about yourself? And she was like, I don't know. I really try not to be too self-aware of what people say about me. Like, I don't need to know all of those things. 1989 was like a complete 180 switch of that. It showed that she actually had been paying attention. <laughs> well, I, I don't think she had so much at that time, but there was there was a switch. They were different because she had such an acute awareness of what people said about her. So much so to the point that it influenced how she saw herself. And you could see that in the art she was making, in the music videos that she was making. That is not good. Like that is unhealthy. To have an awareness to the point where you can make jokes about it, that's one thing. But to have an awareness to where it affects your perception of yourself and your and own self-identity. Yeah. So many songs on this album were not expressions, really. I mean, they kind of were, but it's like... You're, you're so far from just what she began doing, which is confessional songwriting and expressing herself through her art and her lyrics. And we, we will talk so much about that in the album breakdown. Yeah, we will. Next music video, and I think my favorite music video of all of the 1989 music videos. Definitely the best single. It definitely wasn't my favorite video at the time because I felt like the idea that I had of what the video should have been was different than what we got. And that just took an adjustment for me at first. But over time, this is just the video that of all of the 1989 music videos, this is the one that I want to rewatch the most. Mm -hmm. It's the one that I think, uh, like we were just saying, it's less about what's the perception that I need to write or what's the joke that I need to get in on. It was just actually a really good video. She captured a vibe. She captured a feeling really well with the video. Yeah. This to me is the back to December of the 1989 music videos. So this is the style video. I love this first shot here, her head, and it goes to the, the cave. So cool. Love that shot. 
She was crazy for the airplane necklace. Paper airplanes. So crazy. See, it still was. I calculated it still was very like. That's just different though. That's that's the same as her putting that's the. That's classic Taylor though. That's the same as her putting the, um, the wearing the white shirt with the black circle on it in the trouble music video and holding that necklace. Like that's. Mm-hmm. It's classic Taylor, but that always was. Yeah. That's just Taylor leaving messages for people that she wrote these songs about. That's different than her like trying to speak to the mass general public. But this is Harry Styles, and everyone knew that. What's going on here? Is he watching? He's watching footage of her being played on his wall. Projection. Hmm. What do you think that means? I've actually never thought about that before. I think just the whole the whole uh, identity of this video is just that these people can't escape each other. Yeah. And it's so funny because, like, looking at this frame that you've just paused on him looking at her on the wall, like, I... Like, in his bedroom? Yeah, and I would have never been like, oh, yeah, that's the style music video. Like, I would have eventually, but, like, when I just see this, I'm not, like, I don't instantly recognize this image. That's what's so funny about this music video. There's so many images, and it's not like every single one is burned into my brain, like, shake it off in blank space. Which I like. It's refreshing. It's what you needed in the 1989 era, because everything about 1989 was burned into your brain constantly. Exactly. This video kind of subverted the pop visuals that she'd kind of already and that shown was us. Smart. Those shots of her in the bed sheets always remind me of the Adore You music video. Mm. It just reminded me of Lavender Haze. <laughs> that I love. I love when they're holding up those pieces, but what I don't like is when they project like onto their clothes. I- I'm not a fan of that. And when she like is wearing that long sleeve dress and she like holds up her arms, I don't really like that. Her own face is being projected onto her. That's crazy. It's like she remembers the version of her that was with him. Oh my god, the love. The the little white lines on the road on his back. It's so good. He sees her in his rearview mirror. Oh, oh. This is what I imagine when I hear the song. Wait, something that that just clicked in my brain. So he's driving that shot of him driving on the road. And at first it shows the road like projected on his back. And then you see him in the car and he looks in his rearview mirror and he sees her. I, it never really clicked for me that the next shot that it cuts to is them together and he like takes off his coat. So he was trying to forget her. Like this is their, you know, apart. But then he can only think about her. And so he goes back to her. That's what that's back and forth. representing. I, that just didn't click for me as a little 15 year old. Okay. I love this I love little lightning. This is one of the best visuals of the 1990 era in my opinion. It's just so pretty with the projected lightning over her. This era was also how many shots of her red lips can we get? Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is where you get beach. <laughs> My job is beach. <laughs> yeah, I think this video is so good. There's so and there's so much to see. Like you don't just get mm-hmm. it on your first you don't watch. Get sick of it. And this song, this song, out of all these singles, this one feels the most '80s so far. Because I mean, honestly, it probably it actually feels the most '80s out of maybe all of them next to Out of the Woods. But the that bass line, do 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 do, that's very '80s. Yeah. The yeah. other ones, they don't really even sound very '80s. There's more of like the album cuts have the '80s vibes on it than the singles. Yeah, for sure. Her singles, the singles she chose, were the ones that were a bit more like could be current day, more current day sounding. 80s was a bit more it was kind of less about the sound of the album and more just like yeah the style it, it was the, the style representation and i think she just liked that idea i don't think it was like because she was born in 1989 yeah it was more to represent the rebirth and her changing and going pop and being like i was born in 1989 and this is like i'm being born into pop music i think it's also a good way for her to like 
say, oh yeah, the synth, all the synth is like, oh yeah, it's kind of reminiscent of like 80s and stuff. But it's like, you're just doing pop. You're just doing pop music. <laughs> you're just using Jack Antonoff. <laughs> 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 I think Sweeter Than a Fiction. I mean, that was a very 80s inspired song. The next video of the 1989 era is the Bad Blood video. And this was the Kendrick Lamar remix version. The video we've all seen about a million times. Honestly, I just can't, I can't discredit this video. It's really iconic. <laughs> it's really good. I get chills every single time I watch this intro with the crazy, like, heroic music and the women beating up men. In their and I gotta outfits. say, I love the outfit Taylor wears at the very beginning. So, and having Selena in a video. It's just too iconic. This was peak everybody asking for them to do a song. This is together. my favorite. This is my favorite one. This is my favorite video, actually. Really? Yeah, it's just too good. Like, it's very simple, but, like, I, I, I think it's mostly because of this scene. This is just the best scene. It's Charlie's Angels. Like, I grew up on Charlie's... It's Drew Barrymore getting shot out the window. Like, it's just because I loved the beginning, and then I stopped loving it once it goes to all of the different people that it's... It just it feels so simplistic. It's just showing celebrities. That's what the whole, like, rest of the video is. You see more of other people than you even see of Taylor in the video. And it's build up to... Build up, build up, build up, which is like, okay, it's a cute little ending. I like the ending, but it really does just feel like celebrity cameos. But the first scene, the f that first scene is so good. I wish they would have done like a toxic, like where she, it is mm -hmm. very toxic too. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm saying. Like she's referring, returning to a very recognizable era of pop with all these music videos. And Joseph Kahn directed the toxic music video. Mm -hmm. That's another thing too. He was, he's very, he's got that iconic, it just falls flat during, I, it's, it's good, but it does fall flat because it just feels like it's a bunch of celebrity cameos. To, it cameos sets up thing. this like exposition and then it never does anything with it. Mm -hmm. There's a conflict, but then let's just show you all these celebrities that Taylor had in her phone. Yeah. Yeah. But Haley Williams is in it. Like, what do you want from me? <laughs> I wish she would have just had like a few people, like just get a few of your, like get Selena, get Haley Williams, get like- And come up with the storyline. But just showing people, I don't know. It's just not, it doesn't do but much it, for I, me. It's very iconic. I just, oh my God, Haley's flip, the cringing curse. That's hilarious. That's hilarious. And her little ha ha. I love that she got to do the ha ha. Yeah. Yeah. That's iconic. I remember the first time I watched it, I was just like, okay, we're introducing all these people. When- I'm waiting for something to happen. I like this, all the setups. Like the snow thing was cool. The knife throwing is fun. The punching is cool. All these women cheering women on, punching each other. It's hilarious. I love that. Like, I like it. It's not, it's not, it's not bad. It just could have been greater. She looks really hot when she lights that flare and walks next to Meredith Grey and Olivia. The score too in the beginning with the... So good. I want to watch like a cinematic... I want to hear like a whole score for this song. It'd <laughs> be cool. The the green screen of the explosions at the end. I I ugh. But that's toxic. You got it. You got Jeff Sukan. You got toxic. You know. Yeah, but toxic was just better. It was better, but like the I mean, these graphics are better than toxic's graphics. I don't know. I just I don't like it. It it feels like it just doesn't fit with the rest of the video. I think is my problem with it. Yeah, they just didn't. I feel like they just didn't know what to do. You know. But they knew that the, all the cameos would carry the whole video, and they did. It's very representative of 1989. I mean, all the It Girls, you know? I love Haley's little flip. It's not toxic. It's definitely not toxic. It tried to be toxic. She was too focused on out-celebrity-friending Katy Perry. 
<laughs> that's insane too yeah and the whole and like people always shit on the song i like the song because it's it's just a fun song but if you get up all caught up in the oh yeah she was trying to diss Katy Perry and she was trying to show up all her celebrity friends like yeah i can understand anyone hating this <laughs> you know but i'm in it for the fun <laughs> I think if the video had been like the first couple seconds of it. Yeah. The first minute was amazing. And I wish that that was the whole video. That's what makes me love the video so much is mostly that. And also Haley Williams. <laughs> okay. I don't want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> I'm over it. Okay. Next music video. Wildest Dreams. Once again, directed by Joseph Kahn. The only thing I wrote down for this in the notes was wig. I love this video. I love the old Hollywood. This is either my second or third favorite of all the videos. There's no video that I'm like, I'm obsessed with everything about this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which is crazy because like she went all out for the videos, but like it's again, once again, this era is not our personal taste at all. <laughs> I think at the time though, this one was probably my favorite. There's something about the the longing that she captured in the video that's in the song that made me appreciate the song more. She's trying to be like um, uh, Elizabeth. Elizabeth Taylor. Yeah, that's the vibe I'm getting with the dark. She hair. also it's very Audrey Hepburn. Well, yeah, she did the whole funny face black on black and the shake it off music video. That was very Audrey Hepburn. I love this. I love the contrast of them filming on location and their acting is amazing. And then they're filming I on a really set. Thought about that at the end, and it's all like just so put on, and it's not good, and you can tell the the spark is gone because. They're back the to kind of their real world. The sun sets. <laughs> and I just need to say the extra drums that they put in at the end of this version of the song are so good. And Taylor, if you're listening to this, it's not too late to put them in Wildest Dreams Taylor's version. Hold on. The set thing perplexed me. Are the, is, she, is she trying to say that they filmed on a set the whole time? And that was... No, so it's they were filming on location. But then, like, sometimes you'll finish a movie on set and not on location. Like, you'll just film a couple shots. Or maybe it's like, oh, we need to redo the shot. We're going to film it on set. And so it's like, when they're on set... or sorry. When they're on location, they have all this chemistry because they're having an affair. And it's the genuine connection they're between away. them. They can be away. And, and it... Yeah. But then when they come back to finish the movie on set... And they're not on location anymore. And it's like so forced, the movements, it's, you know, very mm -hmm. overly, it's very overdone on purpose to show that that chemistry is just kind of fleeting. And because after that too, it cuts to the movie premiere. You see him walking away. He leaves her on that set. And she's like, yeah, this is over. And then it cuts to the, uh, the movie premiere. She gets out of the car and you see her with him and his mm -hmm. wife. That's just to represent the fact that they didn't have something real. You think they didn't have something real? Or sorry, it's not to represent, it's because, not that it wasn't real, but just because it wasn't, like he, he did care about her because obviously when she leaves, he runs after her. But it's mm -hmm. just like, that's the whole point is it's like too little too late. Like the whole, the whole videos, you see them doing all these things together and they clearly have a connection. But then when they are finishing this movie, when they get back and they're just on the soundstage his chest is really puffed out and she's like he pulls her into him and it's, it's very hollywood acting because like hollywood acting back then was i feel like there might be a theory here not like a crazy theory but like i feel like i could interpret this now that i'm watching it as like all of that wasn't real <laughs> because it's way more likely that they were filming this on a set in the back in that day in that time period 
I mean, it looks kind of fake. <laughs> She's literally standing with lions. <laughs> no, the the whole that you're so you're saying that when they were filming in Africa, that that was all not real, and they were just on a soundstage the whole time. It was like a it was like a um, kind of like a surrealist take on what was really happening, maybe. Hmm. Because they felt like everything was so real, so like it would make sense to show these visuals of like, yeah, she's literally in the desert, like in Africa, and like with these lions, and like it all felt so intense and real. And then like when you see what they were really doing, it was like, you know what I mean? I could see that. It's actually really interesting, Kaya. Thank you. <laughs> hmm, I like that. Because they're acting here too. It looks very like very old Hollywood acting, which is not very genuine looking. You know, it feels very, oh, oh, <laughs> like just kind of posturing, you know? And so it's like everything that you saw at the beginning, everything that they were doing kind together just like a, was a just a wild dream. Mm-hmm. It was just like a... <laughs> I think that could be what happened. <laughs> Interesting. Because the way I've always interpreted that is that what you saw was real, but it's like when they got back to Hollywood, it was fake again because like Hollywood's fake the their relationship is pretty fake because he's married so i thought it was just speaking to that yeah and like but, and the and the affair kind of ending here and you see it end in this way i like your interpretation of that though that's interesting thank you that's good yeah that's good. some good stuff that might be my favorite guys <laughs> like now that i've just come up with this backstory for the video mm-hmm. honestly i will say this the out of the woods video has a shot at near the beginning of the video that I'll point out. That is, I don't know what it is about this shot, but I love it so much. It is one of my favorite shots in any of these videos. I just think she looks so good. I also love the blue dress that she has on. It, she just looks so good in blue. Again, Out of the Woods video was directed by Joseph Kahn. Like what you said about the 80s horror film. Thank you. Thank you. I will get to that in a second when we play it. Um, Joseph Kahn did an interview with E.T., like four years ago, and he was asked what the hardest shot he's ever done for a music video was. And he said it was uh, a shot in Out of the Woods. And he then said, when Taylor does a video, she is 100% committed. It's really phenomenal to watch. I think that's why she's so successful because one, she is willing to take the music video seriously. And two, she puts all the effort she can into it. It's surprising when you work with her. She's not like a big superstar, like sort of making you wait on her nails. She's just sitting in a chair patiently waiting for you to set up a shot. He kind of like gave her a compliment and then insulted all these other pop stars that he's worked with. But um, I do agree with the point he made about her particularly that she's just like present and ready and gives it all to whatever video she's doing, whatever she does. I will always admire that about her. She's never been a prop. She's never been a... She is, she's the writer of her of her story. And she's never too good to, like, get her hands dirty, so to speak. You know, like, whatever she's doing, she will commit to the bit. Because that's what makes her good. So the Out of the Woods video. Let's play it. And this was the end. Very, like, the tail end. Yes. Of the 1999 era. This video came out on New Year's Eve 2015. What I find interesting is that the video starts with her on this beach and the woods are kind of sprouting up around her. Because the thing about this video is that all of the the physical landscape around her just represents her emotional landscape in the relationship. You see the forest that's kind of like popping up on this beach. It's just her anxiety. Like this, do you see the, the end of the sunlight kind of coming through the trees? 
But then here, when it turns and like the sun's gone, this is so 80s horror film. The wind on her too is very, and smoke and fog. Yeah. Oh, that running shot is so. She looks like Cinderella. It does feel like fairy tale, like Snow White running in the woods with all these animals coming against her and stuff. This shot right here. Yes, one of my favorite shots. I'll tell you guys, it's at one, <laughs> at like one twenty-two, where the dog bites her dress and then she falls, and the leaves and just like snow. fall away. Around it's her. just like like it looks like claymation, you know, like how it all kind of stop motion, like it all kind of. It's so nice to look at, and then it like zooms in closer to her face. Those are my favorite shots. It looks so good. It is very fantasy like. I like it a lot. This is like Narnia. <laughs> she throws the necklace and immediately like almost jumps off the cliff to get it. <laughs> it's a good symbolization of their relationship. <laughs> she throws the necklace and then jumps off the cliff to get it. I love the underwater shot. So beautiful. Reminds me of the breathe. It really reminds me of the breathe photo shoot actually. Do you think the, the visuals of this go with the sound of the song? It feels very intense and like urgent, which feels like the song to me. Are we out of the woods? Are we out of the woods? You know. <laughs> but it's very natural looking, and it's all about the elements, which isn't because the song is synth and pop, which isn't natural. But it's a very simple song, you know, which I kind of feel like fits. So one of my favorite parts of the video is at the end from like, we're at 310 right now, when it cuts to all of these shots of her just like falling in all of the different landscapes we just saw. And you see her like, you're like, damn, she's gone through a lot and she keeps just getting back up. So what does this represent then? If, if it starts with her on the beach and the forest kind of sprouts up around her and it ends with the version of her that went through all of that coming mm, out of changed. the woods... So it's like the lesson she learned. She found herself. She's meeting the version of herself that experienced all of that and learned from it. She found herself. The whole ending result isn't the guy, it's her, but older and wiser. Speaking now, she was trying to prove herself artistically. She wanted to do everything herself and not, and just like let her artist, artistic vision go on without and other influences but with this she was like screw that <laughs> i'm going for big pop era i'm going for i'm going for number one and so she wanted to work with the big directors she wanted to cement her legacy she's like i don't care if it's me i just want it to be good i, I want it to be popular and good and mm -hmm. so she that's why i think she was playing it so safe with this album because she was taking a big risk by jumping to pop but she had already knew that she was going to be successful she was a pop artist in every way that mattered you know I think I disagree with you that she didn't know she was going to be... She did not know that 1989 was going to have the success that it did. Did I say that? <laughs> I feel like you said she already knew she was going to be successful. Yeah, because she's one of the most successful artists already. But she went from being a country artist to being a pop artist. She made a fully pop album. She'd never done that before. But she, all her popular songs, like I Knew Her Trouble, 22... I knew her trouble 22 like those are pop songs stri strictly pop songs so like she had already moved into the mainstream consciousness as a pop artist but her fans knew she was still making country music so it was, it was the weirdest for her fans honestly than it was for mm. anyone else because like casual people they mostly knew the radio singles which were mostly pop already so like she knew her singles would be successful but she might lose some of her core fan base you know mm -hmm. but she'd probably gain more fans um i something i said when we were not recording are we recording right now 
Yeah. Yes, we are. Okay. <laughs> God. I was about to just be like, end it. <laughs> We're done. <laughs> um, I thought that it would have been cool to see her pull more from 80s music videos. Not necessarily like, okay, I'm going to dress up like this is an 80s music video, but just pulling subtle references in her makeup and the fashion that she wore. It, it didn't have to be like this music video's copy paste from something that you would have seen in the 80s, but just subtle nods, especially because 1989 as an album didn't have that much of an 80s influence. It was more in the visual identity, in the packaging of the album. It wasn't even carried into the tour. So I get that she didn't want to kind of represent that in the videos, but I think for me, it would have made more sense. It would have rounded out that 80s stuff that she was banging on about that wasn't really anywhere in the era. I, w- I want to say, I feel like it was a little bit in the tour because of the neon, all the neon stuff. Yes. And, like, and also like the bomber jacket and those sunglasses like that. Was yeah, I'll give you that. that. I'll give you that. Yeah. But that it kind of, it kind of disappeared after that. It was, it was kind of messy. Like with, we always talk about that chair. Why was that weird chair on the 1990? So like there was, it was just messy. Like she didn't have the tour especially. So like she had all these different things, but it wasn't very as stylized as a lot of artists who reference different eras are now. And also um, because we weren't so self-referential as much back then. Like right, I feel like right now we're so like always dipping into different eras, different aesthetics, different like references, reference that, reference that. And back then it wasn't as, is like routine. But we will talk about her style when we do our 1989 fashion episode, which if you, we are have not, really talked about that anywhere else on socials so if you're listening then you just got a little sneak preview i think the visual cohesion like i said this at the beginning of the episode of having joseph khan kind of do all of the videos was a good idea because i definitely think that's kind of what she was going for similar to how shake it off the song is so separate from the album like it's hard for me to just hear it in the album the video is very separate from the rest of the 1989 music videos i mean she had a different director and also she was just doing something different visually it was that like like she said uh minimal and visually striking whereas the rest of the videos did follow a storyline they did follow an arc okay what are your favorites did we rank them in the last one actually we rated them out of 10 i forgot i think my favorites are um style out of the woods i think we should rank them okay because because it needs to compare to speak now because we rated speak now high okay okay all these I'm for that. Lower, in my opinion, probably. Okay, shake it off. Out of ten, what do you give it? Mm, can I do halves? Mm-hmm. Six and a half, or maybe seven. I'm between six and a half and seven. I give it a seven. Okay, blank space. Out of ten. Mm, you gotta go with oh, eight and a half. <laughs> I, I shouldn't have never been allowed to do the halves. <laughs> um, I think we did halves for speaking out videos. I give Blank Space a, I think eight, yeah. It's one of the strong, I think it's maybe the best. I think it's maybe the best one. Objectively, yeah, I think Mm -hmm. it's the best. But it's not my favorite, objectively, yeah. Uh, It's so hard, am I rating this more personal? (laughs) I don't know, it might be my favorite too, I don't know. (laughs) All of you guys listening, when you heard us say we're gonna rate, you were like, and I'm ending the episode here. (laughs) Turning this off, they can't make a decision for shit. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um it's so hard because it's like okay i'm just gonna rate them what i think is like my objective what do you think kind of ranking i feel like it's a nine i do love okay i i, can, I, I agree with that <laughs> all right style <laughs> style 
I'm gonna go with seven and a half. I give it an eight and a half. Bad blood. I give it a five. Oh. That first scene is the only thing that's like, I love that first scene. The first scene is a 10 out of 10, but the rest of the video is a six. But that's like 20% of the video. I know, that's what sucks. <laughs> so I'll give it a six or a six and a half, maybe. Okay, Wildest Dreams. Seven. I feel like I give it an eight out of the woods. Eight. I give it a seven and a half. Ooh. <laughs> Even though it's like one of my favorites, I just feel like, I don't I think there's just something about the song. Uh, there's a feeling that I get with the song that isn't what I get when I watch the video. Like the Wildest Dream music video, it deepens the feeling that I get from the song in the visuals. Whereas Out of the Woods is not, that's not really the case for me. Even that's though I do love with the a video. Lot of, that's my problem with a lot of the 99 videos because... Like I said, Taylor and I have different tastes, and she plays it safe a little bit. And she was so just going for something totally different with these. I think that's, yeah, we were in different places. <laughs> I think that's a lot of why these videos fall a little flat for me, and I don't find myself, like, they're fun to rewatch just because they're entertaining, but, like, Wildest Dreams, I don't really rewatch it very often. I don't feel a need to rewatch it very often. For our Spotify listeners, I'm going to attach a... Uh a poll to this episode so you guys can vote for your favorites because we shared our favorites so i would now like to know what you all think and that is all for this episode thank you so much for listening to the podcast i know there are a lot of podcasts out there that you could spend your time <laughs> with that you could uh listen to and share your day with and we are so grateful that you spent your time with us this community has really grown so much since we started almost a year ago now whoa isn't that crazy? But it feels like it's kind of grown exponentially in the last few months. So thank you for listening. Thank you for following us on Instagram and joining in our conversations. I feel like we've kind of cultivated a community of people who really do like Taylor Swift for the same reasons that we do. Anytime you all share your opinions with us, like on Instagram, it's just, mm. it's a great conversation that we have. And I'm just, I feel very lucky that this podcast has found you all and that you have found us. So there are two ways that you can support this podcast and our time breaking down Taylor's art with you all. If you enjoyed this episode, we would love it if you could subscribe to the podcast. It helps us because you'll never miss an episode and it helps you because... You'll never miss an episode. Didn't see that coming, did you? Secondly, if you could be so kind and leave us a review, if you have just a minute of spare time to give the podcast five stars on your podcast platform... And especially for all of our Apple podcast listeners, if you could leave a sentence or two sharing what you enjoy about our show, that would mean so, so, so much to us. It will help us a lot. And for our pathological people pleasers, you can follow us on Instagram at brother exclamation pod. And you can now follow us on threads at the same handle and on Twitter at swiftypod13. We will talk to you in the next episode when we break down the 1989 album and Ooh. era. That'll be something. <laughs> this is, a, we gave you a big taste because we go off on tangents and we have all this information floating around in our heads and it just, it just comes out. <laughs> but yeah, there's going to be a lot. We'll, we'll dive deep into everything we kind of touched on here <laughs> and more, much, much more. Bye.